Welcome to the Third Generation Networking Podcast with your hosts, Debbie and Greg Peters. Hello, networkers, and welcome back to the Third Generation Networking Podcast. I'm Greg Peters, the Reluctant Networker, and ordinarily, this would be when I was introducing my mom, Debbie Peters, uh, the uh, the networking guru, but today she is off taking some personal time. Apparently, it's something involving sun-drenched beaches, uh, and we are, of course, right now suffering through a snowstorm. <laughs> But the cool thing is, well, I'm, I'm, I'm sad for her because this is actually our hundredth episode and uh, sad that she's not able to take part in this because I am so happy that we got our current guest in today. Um, so just so you know, we're back again with another of our all-star networking spotlights. These are the sessions where we open our networking Rolodex to you so you can have access to the ideas, resources, and people that will make your life more successful and significant. Hey, our guest today, I am so excited about, I can't tell you, she is a motivational keynote speaker and leadership presence expert. She just completed her 250th kickboxing class. That's a concept I can't even wrap my brain around. (laughs) Her new favorite quote is kickboxing because punching people in the face is frowned upon. (laughs) Welcome to our show, Mimi Brown. Hi, Mimi. Hey there, Greg. It really is. Like I actually saw that quote on a shirt and I was like, that's my life. That's why I do this whole kickboxing thing. So I wasn't sure where I should put the emphasis, you know, you know, kickboxing because punching people in the face, you know, (laughs) (laughs) indicating that kicking is okay. I mean, Interpret it the way you need to, Greg. You're good yeah, at that. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, Mimi and I have actually known each other for, gosh, 10 years. 10, 11 years. I think 2000, 11. March 2011 was, it was 2011? our first. Yeah. Yep. We, we both uh, came to the, our first NSA, National Speakers Association, uh, meeting together. Or not, we weren't together. We were at the same first meeting um and have become uh, fast friends ever since and we have been on and on on again and off again like accountability partners um and i have to tell you i am just always amazed by mimi and all the things that she has done uh, with her career and her life so i want you all to get to know her too so mimi why don't you tell us a little bit about you and your business and what you do <laughs> So I started, as you just alluded to, I went to my very first NSA meeting in March, 2011. And when I walked through the door, Greg, and I don't know if this happened to you, but someone said to me, welcome home. And I was like, oh my God, these are my people. These are my people. These are my and people. That, yeah. Yep. And that started a long career where there really was a tip of the iceberg to start a career in public speaking or motivational speaking. And now my focus is really helping organizations and individuals learn how to amplify their communication and their leadership skills so that they can make an impact on the world. Because I really believe that's the root. You know, if you're really good at communication, everything else flows from there. And and specifically, I work with women on how to show up and step up in the world so they can make their mark. Okay, so if, if if I'm chatting with somebody, you know, like at a chamber event or whatever, how am I going to know that this is someone that Mimi needs to, uh, that needs to talk to Mimi? That's a good question, Greg. And I should write that one down. I'm teasing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, it's really for someone who has a, a great sense of technical aptitude in what they do 
and they're missing that key element. And we call that presence. It's, it's really the link between it, the ability to, um, to highlight what you're good at in terms of your expertise, and then being able to communicate that to people. Because for a lot of folks, they struggle in that space. How do I get the attention I deserve? How do I move up in my career? Let's even say that you're an entrepreneur. How do people um, connect with me? And what I really believe is you got to own your, what I call own your swag. Own your sweat. <laughs> oh, own your swag, swag, oh, not swag. swag. I speak for a living. I got to work on the enunciation there, Greg. <laughs> Well, uh, you know, after the kickboxing thing, own your sweat. That, that kind of fits too. So yeah. I'm going to write that one down. That might be my next t-shirt idea. Own your sweat. And then well, you can what, own your swag. What's, what's, what's the, what's the joke at, uh, at NSA? Is it uh, the first time you repeat what someone else said? Uh, you say, oh, Bob Smith said this. The next time yes. it's, you know, I remember somebody told me this and the third time it's yours. So Exactly. <laughs> So Mimi, I have always admired you as a networker. Um, you, I mean, honestly, I, I think you are significantly higher on the networking scale than I am. Uh, just, just to say, it, it, it is, it is astounding to watch you connect with everybody, and everybody knows you, um, and you have gained pretty significant benefits from your connections. So can you tell me a, a story about a time when you realized how important those connections were going to be in your success in your life? Yeah. So I think about one in particular with NSA and it was when I, I first started, I went to my very first uh, influence, which is our national conference. It was 2013. And before I left, one of our colleagues, her name is, um, Marilyn Simonic said, you have to meet Chris Clark Epstein. And I said, okay, I got to meet this lady. I got to meet this woman. So she says, you'll know her because she has this beautiful silver hair and she'll probably be wearing something that's yellow. And so in, in, in with all the slew of thousands of people that are influenced, I narrow in on Chris Clark Epstein. I just walked up to her and I said, Marilyn Simonic told me I needed to know you and I'm Mimi Brown. <laughs> And I complimented her on something that she was wearing and kind of made a little, you know, joke and probably something self-deprecating on me. And then we, uh, we just, we saw each other throughout the conference and went wave. I joined her email list. So I'll kind of keep up with what she was going on. And then I connected with her on Facebook and about three years later, Greg, I, uh, she was hosting a writing course and she sent me a message and said, I don't know if this is of interest to you. Uh, and would you share this with your network? And I said, sure. And so I decided to go to the, the writing um, workshop because that was something I was focused on at the time and sent it to several other people. And I became mesmerized by this woman mm. and just loved her method and her philosophy on writing and speaking. And it, to kind of draw this to a close, a few years later, she became one of my mentors. Mm. And I attribute that to a couple of things. Um, she's now since passed away. And so I have that, that memory of her and I hold her really close to my heart. I really believe that when you help other people get what they need, you get what you need. And so I always made it a, a, a goal of mine to be the first person to give before asking for anything. 
And in that space with Chris, when she reached out to me and I was able to make those connections with her, it was, hey, I needed someone to help me fill this class. I sent it to anyone that I thought would be interested. Hey, you should go to this class. I wasn't getting anything out of it. I genuinely thought it was a good thing to do. And I knew she had, she had written like 12 books at the time and how this knowledge and experience and then um, we stay connected. She just kept thanking me. Thank you for connecting me with people or thank you for uh, offering my course to folks. So really believe, and I think Zig Ziglar said that um, when you help enough people get what they want, then you can get what you want. Yeah. Uh, Chris, Chris was a, was a, I mean, she was a rock star in our industry. I mean, she was, a, she was truly amazing. But one of the things I think we should take away from the story that you, you just gave us was it didn't happen overnight. No. You didn't meet Chris Clark Epstein and suddenly, you know, you were in her inner circle. It was years in the process. I mean, it became a very powerful connection for you, but it was not, oh, hi, hey, can you start passing me stuff? Correct. <laughs> and I think- Or I even going like, to her, Greg, and saying, hey, like, can you help me get business? Because people think when they go to NSA, like, they're going to help me land all these speaking engagements, or this big superstar speaker is going to give me- you know, whatever their leftovers are, <laughs> maybe they won't speak for 5 million, but I will, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> I'm shooting high, Greg. I'm shooting high. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, you've already given us kind of one tip there about uh, how you always are looking for ways to give first. Um, do you want to expound upon that? Do you have other tips for us? Well, one of the things I'll connect that tip to is one of my favorite books is Robert Cialdini's uh, Influence the Power of Persuasion. Mm. And Robert Cialdini was an emeritus uh, marketing professor at Arizona State University. And he studied what he would consider, he called, some people call them the weapons of influence. You know, I use my mm. you know fist for that, Greg. But mm-hmm. um, <laughs> like that kickboxing reference, see what I did there? Yeah, I, I saw um, you were <laughs> right back to that. Good job. <laughs> you know what? You should be a professional speaker. <laughs> Man, I should imagine that. But anywho, so he had these six principles of influence to get people to say yes to you, where you can really have influence on them. And one of them is reciprocity, which simply means what I call the give to get principle. People are more likely to give to you when you give to them in kind. And one of the things that Cialdini references in his book is the key with reciprocity is to be the first person to give. So from a networking standpoint, when I go to an event, when I connect with someone, I look to see who can I connect with them to or how can I connect them and be the first person to give without expectation that I'm going to receive something. Oh, thank you. You you took the words literally right out of my mouth. I mean, that whole, that you can't have expectation of immediate return. I mean, that's, that's a transactional mindset and is not going to get you as much value as just giving. And then someday something will happen. Yeah. And I had someone, a a friend of mine use this analogy that imagine that you have this piggy bank in the sky and you are just depositing all of your good deeds in this piggy bank, whether it's making connections, people introducing the folks you know, providing them uh, introductions so they can get business. And once again, without any expectation, they're going to receive something in return. And then one day you might need to tap, tap, tap that piggy bank and all of your good deeds will flow from it. But it doesn't always happen in the moment. And I don't do it with expectation. I do it really because like, I, I get joy from it when I'm able to connect with someone and I get to see the fruits of that relationship grow or that connection or that business happen. 
it makes me feel good. And people remember you for that. Mm. Now, this is one of the things, the other things that Cialdini says, which I think is a really great example of how we cannot give our power away. He said, typically when we do something for someone uh, and they say, hey, you know, thank you for doing that. And you go, no problem. He encourages you to flip your language around and say something like, you know, that's what great connectors do, or that's what friends do for each other. That's what colleagues do for each other. I know you do the same thing for me. Mm. And you're planting the seed that if I ever have to call that favor in, which I'm not doing expectation, but if I do, I've just subconsciously planted that little seed that, hey, you know, I might be able to help me meet with something. Or I might be able to help Greg with something. Well, yeah, no, I, I like what you said there. The whole, uh, be careful about using the, the, the words, you know, no problem. Uh, right. Because first of all, that either devalues what you are giving uh, to them. So it's like, oh yeah, no, I, I gave you nothing. <laughs> no, it, it also devalues who you are as a person as it is. So no, it, you know, this, this actually did take me some effort, but, but you are worth it. So, right. okay. You touched briefly on, on uh, one of the things you can do to be of service uh, is, is to be a connector. And could you, could you tell us a little bit more about how you do that? Well, that's always my joy. And I'll tell people that all the time. I love to connect. And I always say I have the, I have the coolest friends and I have the coolest people in the network. And I just happen to be, um, I just happen to be on the sidelines, you know, receiving those connections. But one of the things that I will do is if I feel like someone should meet. So if someone tells me something that they are in need of, mm -hmm. then, and, and I'll talk about specificity in a moment. I look to see who I can connect with them with. And usually what people will say to me is Mimi, you know, you seem to know everybody to connect me with, but if you don't know, you know who you can talk to or what other resource you can provide for folks. And so part of that um, being a connector for other people is really just about keying into being what I call interested versus trying to be interesting. Mm -hmm. And being interested means that I come from a place where I'm literally listening to you. I'm hearing you. And it's what I call heart-centered listening versus head-centered listening. When I'm heart-centered listening, I'm really trying to pour more into you, dig a little bit deeper. When I'm head-centered listening, it's all about me. It's the me, 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 me show. <laughs> it could be a me, me show in a good way, but not in the me, me show in that way. Um, maybe an I, I show. That's what we'll go with. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but you, your goal is to do as much... Um, it, it, is, is work to try to find a connection with them. I'll give you an example. So I had a, a speaker client of mine who um, needed a new, she needed some keynote speakers for an upcoming women's empowerment event. And she didn't have a large budget. And I had spoken for her and I said, hey, I'd really believe in your cause. I'd be, you know, I, is there anything I can do to help? And she was specific. She said, yep, I'm looking for more speakers. I'm looking for some really dynamic folks, but I don't have a big budget what do you think you could, you know, who do you think you connect me to? I said, well, I can do you a favor because I can call some of my friends who are pretty big keynote uh, fees and I'm happy to make a connection with you. So I sent up an email. My favorite um, email subject line is, you know, Greg, meet Joan, Joan, meet Greg. You're going to love each other. And then I just do a little bit of um, when I do those introductions, I'll put a little blurb about each of them, things I love about them. You'll love Greg. He has two kitties and two fantastic kids. 
Um, he's a networking expert and guru. Make sure you ask him about his um, martial arts experience. And he is, you know, one of the most fantastic speakers on this subject. And here's why. And then I'll say, hey, Greg, meet Joan. And here, Joan is blah, blah, blah. And so I'll give them, when I'm making that introduction, I'm making that connection, I give them a starting place so that it's already a warm connection. And they know why I love each of them. Mm. And then I'll say, I'll let you two take it from here. Okay, now can I can I chuckle a little bit here? You sure can. Because you know, Mimi, you and I have known each other for a long time, and we've worked together for a long time, and we have never said that you are a real systems or process oriented person. Greg, <laughs> like, why are you telling all my secrets? <laughs> <laughs> but what you just described, I mean, you you could almost template that. I mean, this intro is this, this, this. I mean, it's a very step-by-step process, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and and that just helps make it easier for you to make those connections. So go uh, good on you, Mimi. <laughs> I might have learned that from a very systems-based guy. You know, this guy, I don't know if you know him. His name is Greg Peters. <laughs> well, we both joked that when we were working together, uh, doing our accountability, we each brought something to the table that the other one was sorely lacking. I, Mimi said yes to everything. She explored every opportunity. She was all over the place. And I was like, I'm going to stick in my nice, narrow little rut here. And I'm very happy. <laughs> And Greg, and I love you for that because you taught me about processes. I'm still not the greatest at it, but I have learned reluctantly to, uh, I don't know, like the reluctant networker, you know, you might have heard something like that, (laughs) (laughs) but, um, to put some of those loose, what I call loose processes in place. And it seemed to, to, you know, breed some success. Okay. And uh, now do you have any other networking tips for us? Absolutely. So, um, the the kind of a, the sub, Uh, tip of that is to make it easy for people to introduce you. And there's Mm. two ways you do that. Number one is to have your own little mini bio intro for people that give something fun about you. Like Greg, I'll give you an example in preparation for the podcast today. You said, Hey, here's an example of what I'm looking for and make something fun so that people can hear interesting fact about you. So I would encourage people to do the same thing. Think of it as your little mini probably 10 second commercial, right? Mm-hmm. What do people need to know about you? I call it 30 seconds when you're in a networking event, but if for writing purposes, be short, be brief, be gone. <laughs> so give them a little <laughs> template. And that way, when you have an ask of someone, you make it easy for them to make an introduction by saying, hey, would you introduce me to so-and-so? And here is the little blurb that you can use. And they mm-hmm. don't have to think about it. They have to add. And then if they want to, they can add on something to it. Make it easy on people. The second is being very clear on what kind of connection you're looking for or what you're looking, you're, you're looking, you're, what, what your ask is. Um, one of the examples I use is I was reading something about bereavement and um, I had recently had someone pass away and I wanted or a friend of like a family member or a friend pass away. And I wanted to figure out what were the words to say and how I could help. And one of the tips they gave is they said, Hey, if someone uh, just had someone pass away. One of the you know worst things you can say is, well, what can I do to help? Because that leaves them with something else to think about. The better response is, you know, here's what I can do to help. Happy to drop off food for you. I'm the queen of that. Mm-hmm. I've sent soup through the mail. I actually sent soup to Chris Clark Epstein when she was sick, and that to Wisconsin for Michigan. That was a whole thing. But. Um, trying to find something specific so I can drop food off. I'm happy to pick up your kids from daycare. So 
um, if you use that and, and we turn that around to the networking experience, you know, I'm looking for someone to be introduced in the automotive industry. Do you know of someone? This is the kind of job I'm looking for. The more specific you can be, the easier it is for that person to make the connection because specificity brings, breeds connection. So it's easy for me to go, if you say I'm looking for a job, well, what's the next question you're going to ask? What kind of a job? What kind of job? What's your yeah. skill set? But if you say specifically, I'm looking for a graphic design role in the automotive industry, zoop, that really helps that person narrow in in their within their network, and it makes it easier for them to, you know, refer to refer you to someone or just think about someone who's in their network in the first place. Right. Well, when we talk about this all the time in our, our classes, that you, you do need to be specific because that other person they have other things going on in their lives. They don't need to try and run your business. So. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and Greg, I'll even add on to that. It's connected to your target market. So being clear about who, you know, who you're going after, if you want to make introduction to someone and it's for like your prospecting, get super specific, share your avatar, give them hmm. examples of past clients that you've had success with, or you've worked with before, make it easy for them so they can make it easy for you. Right. Those, those are the sort of things that will key ideas into their head all the time. So, mm -hmm. all right. So you are a, a great networker. Do you belong to a lot of networking groups? I don't belong to a ton just because I don't, at this point, I don't have a whole lot of time and I'm very intentional about the groups I stay connected to and with. So one is, is my tribe and that's the National Speakers Association. Right. And that helps, um, kind of feel my own professional and personal development. I'm also associated with Meeting Planners International. And so those are sometimes where some of my clients may, um, may show up. I'm also a part of a writer's group. So this group, are, these are people who are aspiring writers or have already become writers and they're um, show, actively showcasing and marketing their, their, um, their groups. And then um, usually if I have the bandwidth or the space, I'm involved with an organization that connects directly to one of my clients. So I might join the National Association of Women Business Owners because not only does that fill my, you know, fill my cup professionally, but it also is where my clients like to hang out. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but I also know that, you know, you are part of the National Speakers Association. That is not a small group. <laughs> no, not by a long stretch. But Very loud do, group too. Yeah. Yeah. They, they tend to talk a lot. Uh, so... <laughs> But you, at least at a time, at one time, you were part of a smaller group within NSA, correct? Correct. I've been a, a part of several smaller groups. So I found kind of my sub-tribe. So NSA is probably 3,000 speakers in our national association. Then you have the individual chapters, which Greg, you know, you and I both know all about that being past president yeah. <laughs> of NSA Michigan. Uh, and then I was also a part of, uh, um, it was a subgroup called, uh, power women of NSA. So it was all women speakers. And mm. I was a part of that leadership group and immersed in that, um, kind of that social scene as well. And then I've also been a part of, uh, black NSA. So even within a larger context, kind of narrowing down based on interest or affiliation, uh, that's been helpful too. Well, then you also get, it, it's easier to get to know you and it's easier to get to know the people around you. If you just walk into NSA, you know, influence, there's a lot of people there. <laughs> yeah. And it's interesting too, Greg, that you say that because one of the reasons that Power Women started is you had, there's 33 or 34 chapters of NSA across the country. And some folks would say 
that became their chapter if they didn't have one in their state mm. because they were able to connect with people who are like-minded, who were maybe in the same path as far as business is concerned, has similar interests. And they did it from a virtual standpoint. So um, one of the things I loved about Power Women is we had this group or this monthly thing called uh, Power Pal. So you would add your name to a list and so there will be a group of people already signed up. You just add your name next to someone you didn't know. You scheduled the time in. And some of these folks became fast friends. Actually, I have a mastermind I've been a part of for ooh, going on six years, I think. Um, and it all started from a meetup at NSA. Wow. Okay. So you've already mentioned that you're kind of into kickboxing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Any, anything else you do with your copious leisure hours? Or is that really your main focus right now? That's my main focus right now, all about health and fitness. And it's interesting, as I, and I'm making all these, you know, connections. I create, I have a tribe. I actually just became an ambassador or invited to become an ambassador of my fit boxing or fit boxing, fit, <laughs> fit theorem, which is the kickboxing community I belong to. And we have a group chat that we belong to. Uh, they root, they, they cheer me on. Um, and, and it's so important to hang around the people who are doing what you're doing, aspiring to do what you do, because uh, they keep you motivated. That is so cool. So what's, uh, what's coming up for you? I, I hear you're gonna be doing some keynoting soon. I am. I mean, my next keynoting event, which is a public event, is actually March 16th. And I'm speaking for the Great Lakes Women's Business Council. And it's their exec we uh, annual conference they do. It'll be virtual using the hop in platform. If you've done a lot of virtual meetings, I'm sure we all have at this yeah. uh, conferences. <laughs> but I'm really super stoked because this, this um, conference is geared towards women. And their theme this year is recreating the the path to profit. And so I'll be doing a keynote called Amp Up Your Sales, uh, Keys to uh, Skyrocket Your Revenue, which is a title of a book that I also wrote. And I'm going to give them tips on how to really recreate that cash, how to create systems. Greg, I know that sounds crazy coming from me, but <laughs> sales process you, systems. You recognize the importance at least. That's yes. <laughs> um. We'll also be discussing how you, you know, if you need to negotiate with people, how to stay connected to folks, how to prospect. It's just going to be chock full of, you know, tips and tricks to help you, you know, add money to your bottom line. That is so cool. I've actually done a, a breakout session for them a few years back. And uh, that is always, they, they have a great conference. I mean, it's just, mm -hmm. and I, I can only assume that they've done pretty well moving it online as well. So. Um, all right. So if people want to talk to you and why would they not, uh, <laughs> how, how can they, how can they reach you? A couple different ways. So ampupsuccess.com <laughs> is my website. You're welcome, Greg. I like, I know you like that little ditty at the end. And then, uh, <laughs> you can catch me on social platforms like Instagram and Twitter and Facebook at, Hey, Mimi Brown is my handle. On uh, LinkedIn, I'm motivational leadership speaker. <laughs> Excellent. Well, we'll definitely have all that in the uh, in the episode guide so that people can reach out to you. Uh, so one last question. What is one piece of advice that you've received over the course of your life, your career, that you feel that everyone should know? And who gave it? Who gave you that advice? Ooh, that's juicy, juicy, juicy. So one piece of advice that I think everyone should um should know in their career and that is um it's actually something that oprah 
said to me, my friend Oprah. Okay, I met her. Your, your dear minutes. close friend Oprah. My dear close friend Oprah. You know, we're BFFs. We met for a whole one minute and she hugged me and I passed out. Um, but when I came to. Well, that's all you one need. Of the, <laughs> <laughs> one of the things that she said is uh, out of the thousands of people that she's interviewed over the 25 years that she has produced the Oprah show. She said to a person, whether it was heads of state or spiritual leaders like the Dalai Lama or celebrities like, you know, Queen Beyonce herself. Uh, oh, uh, oh. She said to a person, everyone would lean in and ask after the interview, how did I do? And she took that to mean that no matter your status or your stature in this world, that every person wants to be acknowledged. And I think if we do more acknowledgement of folks, just acknowledging them for being human, saying a kind word to people, you never know how that can affect them and how it can make their day. It could be the difference between them having a great day, or it could be, you know, it could help uplift them in a way that, you know, you had no clue um, the power that you hold in that space. So I just encourage people go and acknowledge folks, going, especially the people who are close to you. Wow. Thank you. That is a marvelous way to end this, this discussion. <laughs> Mimi, thank you so much for coming in. I really do appreciate it. And uh, wow, I, I know that our listeners are going to enjoy this one. So thank you all for tuning in to the program today. Uh, of course you enjoyed it. So please do comment on our Facebook pages where this will be posted and definitely share it with friends because everyone needs to know Mimi. Uh, if you'd like to hear more, of course, we come back every single week. Please do subscribe. And until next time, go out and make some great connections. Take care, Mimi. Thanks, Greg. Bye-bye now. Bye. You've been listening to the Third Generation Networking Podcast with your hosts, Greg and Debbie Peters. If you'd like to learn more about our new virtual training programs, go to connectnation.com.